Good morning. I'd like to welcome you to our services this morning, and if you would, uh, pray for us as we open God's Word today, and we trust that we will make Him preeminent in this service, put Him first, and lift His name up on high, and worship Him in spirit and in truth today. And if you would, turn to Colossians 4. And a few weeks ago, one of the lessons that we preached about was Tychicus, but I want to look at someone different today that's a little further down here in Colossians chapter 4. And we will look at verses 12 and 13 to begin. And before we do, we're going to look at Epaphras here. Epaphras is definitely a type of brother in Christ that we all need in our lives. One of the best things about the Christian journey is that we do not have to walk alone. Now we know that we have Christ, the Lord God Almighty, walking with us each and every day. He dwells in us, the Holy Spirit indwells in all of his people and God never intended for us to walk alone, not just because he's walking with us, but because we have brothers and sisters in Christ that walk with us, that stand by our side as well. And this is one of the best pieces of advice as well that we can give to one another, is that of the example of Epaphras here that's mentioned in verse that verses number 12 and 13 here in Colossians chapter 4. I can't tell you how many times it's made me feel comfort and peace knowing that there are brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow Christians that are praying for me, mature or young Christians, it doesn't matter. But it feels good knowing there are all age ranges from a spiritual standpoint of people praying. And nowadays it's even easier to put out a prayer request because we can just post on Facebook, please pray for me. And you don't even have to go into specifics. But someone can lift your name up in prayer to the Lord and the Lord knows what's going on. God doesn't need to, for us to get into specifics. He knows what's going on in our lives. And we can just say, Lord, this person requested prayer. We lift them up to you. You know what the need is. We pray your blessings upon them. If it's in your will, take the trial or tribulation away. If not, please give them grace to walk through that fire, to walk through that trouble, and to put you first and to make you uh, preeminent in this walk. It's not about us. Uh, we often think problems are about us, but God's put these issues in our lives for a purpose. But we can pray for one another that God will give us grace and mercy to endure all of these things. One thing I know for sure is that we cannot carry any burden alone. God's given us brothers and sisters in this life to help us along the way. None of us are immune from life's trials, tribulations, troubles, problems. But we have people in our life that we can call who will pray during those difficult times. Example is last night, 
my sister-in-law, we have a family group text, and she texted last night, and I read it this morning, about she used to be a uh, work in a different school district uh, a couple years ago. And, of course, with all of this pandemic COVID-19 stuff going on, they had a drive-through graduation ceremony or something uh, at this uh, high school, and it was the two parents, the mom and dad, the graduate, and then a younger brother in the car, and after, right after the ceremony, I don't know if they were going home or, or going somewhere else to eat or, or something or to a party or something, but there was a car wreck and the mother and father died in the car wreck. The graduate and his brother were in pretty serious condition. I think there's another sibling that's uh, off somewhere else. The two that were the, the two children in the wreck were in very serious critical condition. They had yet not even known or been told about the mother and father dying. And that's just a horrible rough situation. So what do we need to do? It's hard to know what to say to folks. It's going to be very hard to know what to say to someone that is enduring you have one happy ex extraordinary moment in graduating high school and then just a few minutes later your life is in a tough situation here with losing your parents and I don't know the spiritual condition of them I, I don't know the family but there's one thing that we can do we can pray for the two boys or the three I think there's another brother somewhere that was not there and we need to pray for them that's the one thing we can do we may not know what to say we may not know how to respond to them but we can be there we can pray for them we can pray with them that God would give them grace and mercy and we don't know what God has in store with this situation how God's going to use this situation but we do pray that he'll comfort those that are affected but let's look at Colossians 4 here, and let's look at our text, verses 12 and 13. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that we may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are in Laodicea, and them in Heropolis. So we see from this passage that Epaphras is one who prays. Now, first thing we, we notice here, right off the bat, we have his name, but we see who is one of you. <laughs> so he, He's like all of us. He is just a, a sinner saved by grace who is, as we see right after this, a servant of Christ. So we need to be, all of us need to work together as servants of of Christ, Epaphras, he is a great example. There are so many great examples. I almost preached a sermon on who is your example, and there are so many great examples in Scripture uh, that we can follow. Uh, of course, there's Christ, but then there's also Paul, and so on and so forth. We could just go down a whole list. We won't do that at this time. But Epaphras is certainly one of these great examples that we can follow. He's one of us. He's a sinner saved by grace. I mean, there's Really nothing special. We, we studied the disciples, the 12 disciples, 
of the Lord uh, a couple years ago, or a year and a half ago or so, and we, we titled that 12 Ordinary Men, and of course we used the John MacArthur book as kind of a uh, outline, so to speak, but uh, I took away and added to uh, some of that, uh, but we used the Bible, of course, as our source of reference, uh, main source of reference, and well, those guys were just ordinary dudes, and I'm sure Epaphras was just an ordinary guy, uh, one of us, but he's a servant of Christ, and that's how he's described here. Literally, this could be just looked at as he's a slave to the Lord, which all of us are. Uh, we're saved from sin and, and being slaves to sin, and now we're servants of the Lord. We're slaves to the Lord. We were walking in darkness, and now we are walking in the light of the Lord. So we need to serve him. Uh, <clears throat> he might have been the preacher at Colossae, as we see, who is one of you. Uh, but let's go to Colossians chapter 1 and verses 7 and 8 here. As ye also learned of Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is for you a faithful minister of Christ, who also declared unto us your love in the Spirit. So it sounds like he is the minister there in Colossae. Let's go to Philemon. And let's look at verse um, 23. There salute the Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus. So it sounds like he's uh, the minister here at Colossae. And I would imagine, and just based upon what we're reading about him here, he is a model of what a minister should be, one who prays. It's not just about preaching sermons or flowery sermons or flashy sermons. We're trying to make people think we're biblical scholars. We, we should study God's word and we should rightly divide it in truth. But guess what? We also need to be praying ministers. He not only prayed for the church, but he also worked hard for the Lord. So he was a servant that cared about the people, about the things of the Lord, about the people of the Lord, about the church that God had called him there to minister to. He cared. And if you care you're going to pray. Those things go hand in hand. Preaching and prayer go hand in hand. We need to ask the Lord every time I sit down, I usually have no clue what in the world I'm going to preach about. God usually opens the word to me, opens my eyes that I can see what he would want me to bring out. One time I was going to preach and friend fill in for the pastor and he went out of town to a bible conference and i had something for sunday school but i had absolutely nothing for the 11 o'clock service worship service i had nothing nada and i told rachel i got nothing <laughs> nada there's not a thing i don't know what i'm going to preach about i had sat down i had started two or three different types of sermons just various subjects and i just had nothing and Rachel was getting worried. Rachel was getting nervous. I finished teaching Sunday school, and it was about time to start a service. I still didn't really know what I was going to preach about, and I was nervous. Rachel was nervous, but I don't even remember. This was many, many years ago uh, what I ended up preaching about. Uh, often, <laughs> as soon as I finish preaching, I'm like, what did I say? 
I'm sure a lot of preachers probably feel that way. I have an outline, but sometimes you don't really necessarily stick to it uh, completely, and you kind of trail off on different thoughts that the Lord pops into your mind as you're going along. Uh, but you got to pray. Lord, what, what are you going to want me to say today? What would you have me to do today? Epaphras was a faithful servant, a faithful minister, and one who prayed. I'm sure he labored in prayer all of the time. Uh, his labors were not performed here. Not all of them were performed to catch the human eye. The preaching, you know, we preach in front of folks all the time, but prayer is one that we go into our closets, and prayer is one that we uh, lock ourselves away and we're not there doing it for human praise we are conversing with the Lord we are opening our heart to the Lord we are casting our care upon him because we know that he cares for us this is not a, a biography of a powerful preacher here when we look at Epaphras but we see one of a powerful prayer warrior we need more of those and often we pray when we pray for churches without pastors, or we pray for churches in general, we say, oh, we want to pray for those without pastors, and we, they need someone that's going to be there to preach God's word and truth, but they also need a preacher that's going to pray. They don't need a preacher that thinks it's an American Idol contest, or an America's Got Talent, or a Baptist's Got Talent, and a Baptist idol there to put on a performance and say insightful things and say things that tug on people's heartstrings and people think, oh, thank you, Pastor, that was so wonderful. And we want people to love God's Word and we want people to be blessed by God's Word, but we don't want us to be the center of attention and not have it be about us and prayer is never about us uh, sometimes people pray in church and make it flowery and people are like wow but we should be praying as if no one's around we don't care if anybody's around we just are praying to god and pouring our heart out to him and praising him and asking him uh, to bless us and asking him to help us bless him uh, and praise him properly but matthew 6 and verse 6 but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So this isn't a biography of a, of a powerful preacher, as I just said. This is a biographer, a biography of a praying minister. Uh, he's not described as a writer or a traveler, as the Apostle Paul was. And there may have been more about him than what we're told about, but the only really the thing we're told about him is that he was a minister, but he labored fervently here in Colossians 4, verse 12. He labored fervently in prayers. That is the emphasis that's placed upon Epaphras here. He was earnest, fervent, and agonized in prayer. Not just prayer for himself either, but prayer for others. So that's an inspired testimony. While Epaphras was in Rome, he spent 
many hours with the Apostle Paul. As well as Dr. Luke, one of my favorites also mentioned there in Colossians 4. One of my favorite things about Luke is he was a beloved physician. Uh, he, if anybody needed, <laughs> needed a physician, it was Paul who had been beaten and left for dead a lot and had horrible living conditions uh, in prison. Uh, but Epaphras spent a lot of time with them and something he learned about the Lord Jesus from Dr. Luke was a statement that Jesus made in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 1. And he spake a parable unto them to this end that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So while Epaphras was friends with Paul, I'm sure he was friends with Luke and spent a great deal of time with them and probably did a little bit of traveling with them from time to time and he no doubt learned Luke 18 and verse 1 learned that important lesson. So he was always praying. Does that mean he was shut in his prayer closet, uh, down on his knees, praying 24 hours a day, seven days a week? No. Uh, obviously, he probably had to go out and work, uh, earn a living. We can't, I mean, you, you think of faithfulness, and often people, one of the first images just general images of maybe people out in the world, uh, not necessarily Christians, uh, but if you say uh, you need to pray without ceasing, a lot of times the first image that may pop in folks' minds is that of nuns who live in communes. Uh, it's a Catholic thing. Uh, but they lock themselves away 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're shut off from everybody and everything. Uh, they're supposed to be kind of dedicated to prayer. That's just not, we're told to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we're to go out, not just to shut ourselves in. And we need to be light, lights in the community that the Lord has placed us in. But we do need to have a heart of prayer. And it doesn't mean we're locked away 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have a responsibility to be about our Father's business and to be sharing the gospel. You can't do that when you're shut away. But we are to take time, set time apart, just as Daniel did. Uh, Daniel went and he prayed. It was uh, as his manner was, uh, even though it was outlawed, he went and prayed. And that's how, of course, he was set up for that because uh, his enemies knew that he would pray anyway, even though he was not supposed to pray to God, only uh, pray to the king. But they caught him. He went and prayed to the Lord, and they caught him and threw him in the lion's den. So he, he carved out time each and every day. He was faithful to go and pray, and I guarantee Epaphras was. He labored frequently in prayer. In Psalm chapter 5, quickly here. Wouldn't it be nice if that's all we had to do? <laughs> Let's lock ourselves away and pray and not have to go to work and not have to do all these other things, but that's not what we're called to do. And Psalm 5, verse 3, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and I will look up. And in Psalm 55, so we see the morning there mentioned. Psalm 55 and verse 17. Evening and morning and at noon, Will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. So we need to carve out time, uh, morning, noon, and night. Wouldn't hurt us to do 
that uh, at least those three times a day. And in Psalm 88, since we're so close here, and verse number one. O Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. So we see faithfulness in crying out unto the Lord. And while we're right there, 86, chapter 86 of Psalms and verse 3. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. So we have to have our heart, as Epaphras had his heart, in the constant attitude of prayer. And when prompted with, or by individuals or with situations, he would, he would pray about them. How often, here's a question, how often when someone says, hey, can you pray about this situation, do we actually do it? Uh, it wouldn't hurt us to stop right there and pray uh, right there with them if there is an uh, opportunity to do that. But if we say, yes, I'll pray for you later, no doubt about it, we need to do it. How often have we broken that promise? You have every intention of praying for someone, but as you go about your day and you go work or shopping or paying bills or picking up the kids and running errands and doing all the things that we have to do in our day-to-day -day life, by the time we get home and by the time we have our prayer time, I mean, we just we forget. I am guilty of forgetting things. I forget things all of the time. Write it down. Make a list. We have phones now that you can go and write a note. We can keep a prayer list easy on our phone. We always seems like we always have our phones in our hands. Uh, make a list of things to pray for. Uh, make every effort to try to remember to pray. Uh, when we say, yes, we will pray for you. Well, let's notice just a few more things here, and we'll finish up in the next couple of minutes. Back in our text here, Colossians 4. I didn't hold my place, but that's okay. And we notice here in verse 12, as we read Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently, and notice this, fervently for you. It wasn't just laboring. Hold on, let's, let's focus on fervently here just for one, one second. He wasn't just laboring. He wasn't just rattling off. Lord, be with this person, bless this person real quick, in and out. Boom, boom, boom. Make your laundry list or your grocery list and hit all the points. And, and amen and out in two, three, four minutes. No, he fervently prayed, so he uh, took time to do it. It wasn't just uh, five minutes and you're done. Uh, it was probably hours, uh, at least uh, a half hours or hours, whatever. Uh, he took the time to fervently do it. I'm sure he probably broke a sweat while doing it. But notice who he was praying for, for you. Again, it wasn't just a grocery list or a laundry list or real quick boom, 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 uh, honey-do list. This was long this was in depth he prayed specifically for certain folks with dealing with certain situations just as i pointed out the family and the car wreck that took place yesterday and no matter how long it took he would make sure to pray fervently 
And that's something we need to do. We want men of prayer like Epaphras, whose claws at walls, you always hear the term, if wall, these walls could talk. What if his claws at walls could talk of the hours and the tears and prayers that were offered up in such specific circumstances that were offered up in prayer by him to God? God help us to be like that. God help us to be faithful in prayer. In Matthew 6. I was going to read verse, <clears throat> excuse me, seven. Let's go back to verse five. When thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. When thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. So there's our example of praying in secret. But verse seven. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. And when I read verse 7 here and I see use not vain repetitions, I don't mean to pick out or pick on the Catholics, but I mean they have like books that they read from uh, with prayers written in them that they read. Uh, you can't tell me that every time they read one of these prayers they're focused heartedly upon it it's just a vain repetition that they're just going through the motions uh, this is the day that we read this and then the next week and this is the week that we read this and it's the same all of the time every week week in and week out vain repetitions and and let's step away from that example and, and step into maybe our own that we just pray for the same things over and over and over and over we pray, thank you for the food, and thank you for our home, and thank you for this and that and the other, and blah, blah, blah. And it's the same prayer each and every time. I'm guilty of that. I'm not the most eloquent type of person. Uh, but sure, if we have the same people that we're to just keep praying for, but we need to also throw in thank yous and blessings and praise of God, not just gimme, 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 be with this person, be with that person. Throw in some other, let's, let's go to verse 9. We have this sample here. We're in the sample. After this manner, therefore, pray ye our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So, you know, it's starting off by giving praise uh, to the Lord and not going and diving right into the gimmies. Verse 10, thy kingdom come, thy will be done as it is in heaven. So recognizing his authority and who he is. Give us this day our daily bread. So there you go. After we praise him and recognize who he is, he's all-powerful, almighty God. His will will be done. Uh, not praying that our will be done, but praying that his will be done. Then we get into give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. So we do need God's guidance to 
forgive our debtors that we sure love to hold a grudge. Verse 13, And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So asking the Lord to lead us day in, day out, to live holy lives for him. Uh, there's just so many things to pray for. And we don't pray the way that we should. We just ramble, rush through. Uh, if we're praying before a meal, we usually just blah, 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 amen, so we can start eating. Let's not worry about that. Let's worry about prayer. This isn't something that we should use half of our efforts in doing, but we should use our whole heart, not half of our heart. The Lord held nothing back when he was dying on the cross for our sins, and even leading up to that, when he prayed and he was asking for God to remove and let this cup pass from him and to remove this from him, he was sweating drops of blood. That's how heavy that situation was. Uh, but he went through it all, bore every bit of it uh, for us. He willingly did that. So often we're just we're just lackadaisical in serving him and lackadaisical in our prayer life. We just do, 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 and roll through it. The Lord sweat blood <laughs> leading up to him dying, himself dying on the cross. Now, let's go to Hebrews 4 and verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So we don't have to come timidly. We can go to the Lord boldly knowing he's going to hear, knowing he's going to bless, knowing uh, he is on our side, and he is ready to hear our prayers. Morning, noon, night, doesn't matter. Uh, we can go to him anytime. It's not like usually we say, oh, don't call anybody after 10 o'clock. It's just kind of phone etiquette. God never sleeps. He's always there, ready to listen, and ready uh, to hear our prayers. Okay, we'll try to wrap this up here. Now let's just go to Romans 10, I guess. We'll try to close. There's a lot more to look at. I have a lot more here, but we'll just move on here. The ultimate thing that we need to pray for, we pray so often for physical, we pray so often for material, we pray often for emotional, all these temporal, physical, worldly things. Sometimes praying for the spiritual things kind of gets pushed off to the side. We see in Romans 10 and verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. That's just praying for spiritual needs. There are people out there that are lost and need to hear the gospel. And we need to pray that God will open their hearts, ears, and minds. And the Holy Spirit will move that they will be saved. It's not just good enough to pray for someone physically. We need to do that. But how often do we pray for someone that maybe has cancer or is going through an illness, going through a difficult situation, 
And we pray that God will bless them in that situation, that God will remove that or heal them or whatever need that's there. But we say, Lord, please save them. If they're lost, we need to say that. We need to pray to the Lord about that situation. God, use this difficult situation uh, to move them. And not just enough to pray for the problem, for the need, but need to pray for the spiritual need that they have, not just the physical, for the material. And I'm sure Epaphras did all of those things. let's be faithful to the Lord in prayer it's so important for that for us to do that that we humbly go before the Lord it's important for us to do that because it does humble us so often we think well I'll handle this I'll handle that and we need to remember that we wholly rely upon the Lord so let's use Epaphras as a wonderful example and that we will boldly go to the throne of grace and obtain help and mercy in time of need. May the Lord bless you.